What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Jim. I am Sean's dad. And today is the Buffett episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we probably would have ended up doing this at some point anyway. Yeah, probably. But, you know, we... Without the immediacy. Yeah, with, with the recent news that I'm sure everyone has seen, because even if you're not into music, you have definitely seen the news that uh, Jimmy Buffett has passed away. And with him being such a big part of our musical lives, and I was kind of raised on him, Jimmy Buffett was actually the first concert that I remember going to. It was, okay. I was I was thinking that, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I had been to concerts before then, and like small shows and stuff, but like the first like legitimate concert that I ever remember is Jimmy Buffett. Right, at the, at the Garden. Center. At the Garden, yep, yep. It was the Fleet Center. Yeah, I still oh, know okay. it as the Fleet Center, which is funny, because <laughs> it's, it's, always... it's the Garden again. Yeah, but it's always going to be the Garden, so. Well, it was the Garden. And then it's, the Fleet Center. And now it's the Garden. The Xfinity Center is always going to be Great Woods. Same thing. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, you know. I thought that was your first one, right? right. Yeah. So it, and it was the middle of the winter and we didn't um, tailgate, obviously, because we had kids. And, and, and you stuff, can't tailgate but, the Fleet Center. Right. And you, you don't do that there. It's, they don't <laughs> have no a parking lot it. kind of set up there for that. And uh, it worked out well because, as we'll explain later, we always looked at Jimmy Buffett's music in a very different way probably for some people, yeah. maybe a lot of people in a weird way. Um, so it didn't matter that we didn't tailgate and all that right. stuff. So, yeah. So long story long, he was a, <laughs> a very integral part of our, of our musical lives. And you've seen him a whole bunch of times. I've seen him mm. probably just the once, maybe. No, I, don't I think know if you've I saw seen him a couple of times. Maybe. Yeah, I think, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, his, his music was partially the soundtrack to my life growing up. And so we, we thought it would be a good, time to take an episode and do just focus on just jimmy buffett um because it's a big deal and this is big news and uh we're all a little bit sad but we're also celebrating it right so mm-hmm. so yeah we're we each picked a song but we're not gonna dive too deep because his songs don't really offer too much to really get into as, as much detail as we normally do but um we are gonna highlight a couple songs i'm gonna be talking about the song called manana and you are going to be talking about Pirate Looks at 40, which is obviously like one of the bigger, mm-hmm. bigger, more well-known ones. So, right, correct. why don't you, you, you probably are better to kind of get, kick this thing off. But before we do that, uh, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to You're Not Listening wherever you are listening. Um, that's kind of weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> so that every time a new episode comes out, it'll be automatically downloaded directly to your device. Remember to check out Pantheon Podcast if you like this show and you want to find some more music podcasts, uh, pantheonpodcast.com. They have an assortment of amazing musical shows, and we're very proud to be part of that Pantheon Podcast network. Find us on all social medias. We are all over the place, but we rarely only post on Facebook. But if you want to get in contact with us and you're on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us on there too. Uh, and join the Facebook group because there's a lot of fun stuff happening in there. We just had a couple new members join. I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome, thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening and not listening and all all the fun stuff. Whatever we want to say. Good discussions going on lately with that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you like, uh, if you like the show and you want to support us, one thing that you can do is buy some gear, some YNL gear. We have a merch store. Uh, on Teespring, and the link is in the show notes. Uh, I think that's it. Did I miss anything? Hey, Sean, you're wearing a, a, a specific t-shirt today. This is like going to the concert and wearing the I had, the, the same band's t-shirt. But what does it's it like, say? It, it's like playing a concert and wearing your own band's t-shirt. <laughs> no, this is my "Don't Be a Dick" shirt. It has our our closing uh, 
slogan on it. And yeah, you can get stickers and face masks and coffee mugs and baby onesies and all kinds of stuff. I yep. think I think you can get baby onesies. That might have been you can. the old story. You can. You actually can. Yeah. But yeah. It's fun stuff and uh, a couple different designs and stuff with all the little quirky ideas that we've come up with on this show. So make sure you check that out. Um, th- did I miss anything? I don't think I did. Nope. Matthew, uh, my son-in-law, your brother-in-law wore your YNL t-shirt to the Springsteen concert down in Jersey. Yeah. I'm nervous about Springsteen, man. Yep. Yep. So I was thinking about for- that in, in our lifetime. Think about, and especially more in my lifetime because I, I was in it earlier than you are, but think about the evolution of rock and roll music and, and how it's grown and where it's gone and where it is now. And all of these great artists that people, you know, maybe people said this in the forties about Frank Sinatra and about Nat King Cole and other things too, but it just seems like there's such a, a depth of, of tremendous artists and tremendous music. And this is now getting to the age where we're losing them. You right. Know, but one, you, one but I mean, yeah. you've seen a lot of, I mean, yeah, let just like ramble off a few that have happened in, in our lifetime, you know, Prince, Kurt Cobain, Tupac, Mm-hmm. Um, you know who else? Meatloaf, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wasn't around when Elvis died, but Elvis, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like funny. It's-, it's funny talking about Elvis. Elvis was one of, for me, the maybe the big, the big three, and I, the, the old, oh, I remember where I was when he died, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and, and I, I remember that vividly, and that oh, had Tom a huge, Petty. I forgot Tom Petty. How come Tom I Petty? That? Sorry, that had a huge me. hit on me in the same way that Tom Petty had a big hit on you. I remember when. You first found out we were in Dublin at a really fancy schmancy dinner and you yelled yeah, out, no, oh I no, know. or something. And thought you were going to get tossed out of the place. But this one with Buffett is for me even bigger, really, even, yeah. even bigger than Elvis was and, or Michael Jackson or Tom Petty or yeah. all these other So why don't you, stuff. why don't you kick off the episode? Yeah. Then? Well, just, you know, for those people who don't know us in, in, in the, the bigger context of things is that we've always been a musical family and music, uh, has been um, always in the background of everything we've done, including every trip we took. There was the, the old the make us, it was make a playlist. Then it was burn a CD or make a cassette tape back in the day or whatever. And invariably there was always Buffett songs in there mixed in. And part of it is because I discovered him and, and loved the music. And then I wanted to share it with, with my family and especially my kids as they were growing up. So it, it just developed into at Sean's wedding, there was a lot of Buffett played. At Katie's wedding, there was a lot of Buffett played. At, at family gatherings, there was always Buffett playing. And you know, every along party with, we ever had was a luau. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm going through our storage shed trying to get rid of stuff, um, so we we can get rid of it because we have way too much junk. And I I found I have three huge bins of it. All it says on the side is tiki, and it's everything and lays and everything and a lot of it's Buffett. So we, you're right. I think every party we had was a little while as well. So it's always been there. So we're not, and nothing against people who do this, but we're not jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, isn't it sad that we lost Jimmy Buffett? Like some people might be because it's current. This one for, for me, and I think for Sean and for others it, it is deeper than that. And I, I it's funny because Katie just sent a video. I, th- I think I showed it to you, right? I tagged you in it when I reposted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of a news, a newscast person who kind of summed it up of, it's not just, you know, those couple songs that you hear on the, on the radio. It's not, it's just Margaritaville. It's not the, the that's come the thing. Monday. Those few it's songs, like I could, I could never hear those songs again in my life and I'd be fine. Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise, yep, Fins, and uh, Volcano. Volcano. Mm-hmm. I, I'd never need to hear them again. Right. Yet, 
yet what you talked about is the depth of his catalog that a lot of people either don't know about that we wanted to share a little bit about when we, we talked about in this episode of how great some of his songs are. Some, and, and, and it's funny, if you really talk about the evolution of Jimmy Buffett, the, the Margaritaville song, which wasn't on his first album, his first hit was Come Monday. And um, the Margaritaville song was actually a, a bit of a tongue in cheek. It was a, a slight against tourists and it was a bit of a sad song. And it morphed, as we all know, into this empire that he developed yeah. because of it. Um, so it's, it, it's, I think his whole career probably took a whole strange, strange turn as a result of that, but he embraced it near the end. What, what I wanted to, to, to kind of share with you, Sean, is, and I have it on my, my other notes over here, is I, I always thought that from Buffett's point of view, I mean, obviously great, great poet, storyteller that a lot of people don't, don't know. They know him as the, the party guy. You know, and and the one who leads right, or up. now he's kind of also morphed into this kind of meme of like the middle class, you know, <laughs> the, what is it like middle class boomer music kind yes, of, you know? Yes, he yeah. Well, they always said that he couldn't be categorized in in what type of music he was because he didn't fit country, but he did, and he was more of a singer songwriter at the beginning, and then it turned into rock, but it really wasn't. So he almost developed his as a result developed his own genre this yeah. prop rock stuff and and um and he jokingly always met i, I think he he always kind of laughed at himself he said he always said he wasn't a great guitar player but he was adequate he wasn't a great singer but he could pull off a tune and, and if you listen to a lot of stuff especially the live stuff he's always in tune no, he's, yeah. al- he's always got if you a, listen a, to the slow songs that he does yep you know he's he's on key he is he, he's he's got he's got a good presence with that so and let me get my my notes and and you know, in, in the in the big scheme of things, and I, I think they end up calling him, I have it right here, let's see. So initially he started out with small bars in New Orleans and all that. We knew that, you know, he was like James Taylor, Gordon Lightfoot, Joni Mitchell, uh, Jackson Brown. And there was a lot of imagery in his early writing, which Sean and I have always kind of like attached ourselves to, which is a couple of songs we're going to talk about today have that. And I, I think he was such a good writer that a lot of people kind of look past that because they think of him not as a writer anymore. They They think of him as, I don't want to hear that stuff when I go to a show. I don't want to care about that stuff. I want to just drink and wear stupid hats and, and, and Party. sing and sing Margaritaville, which is fine, which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, fun, he initially right? was, I don't know if you knew this, you know, have you ever heard of Jim Croce? You know, Jim mm-hmm. Croce? Have I heard of, I have a music podcast. Then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have but, I heard of Jim Croce? <laughs> but, but do you know, do you know him? Do you know his, his like, not just yeah. bad, bad, Ray Barnes. Like, he was a singer songwriter. He had some great stuff too. Yeah. And he was supposedly, um, going to be that he was, I guess, signed by his record label to be the next Jim Croce after Jim Croce died in a tragic plane crash in like 74 or something like that. So it, you know, it, it took off, but it took off in a direction that no one could either define or, or really end up being kind of, you know, who he's going to be and where is, where it's going to go. And he even thought, okay, I'm going to be a one or two hit wonder and then I'm done. Come Monday was huge in 74. Um, and then Margaritaville came out in 77 and then it just took off after he's, you know, he's been revered, loved by people for years and years and years. But as he, as his legend grew, so did the craziness. I, I almost, you can almost attribute it to, and if people can understand this is how great musically writing wise and lyric wise and harmony wise, the Beatles were prior to Beatlemania. Mm-hmm. So when Beatlemania hit and everybody went, heads, heads exploded and went crazy they became a little bit of a joke of themselves. And I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I think there's a little bit of that with Buffett. Buffett embraced it, 
turned into obviously a, an, an empire. But it was almost the same thing that the Beatles did. That before that, they didn't they didn't want that. They wanted to be serious musicians. They wanted to be taken seriously. And and, and Buffett was the same way. Um, I always think of Buffett. In the same, and, and again, and I have to apologize to Sean. I apologize to Katie and probably Nancy as well. That we would go to Sean and I would go to shows, and we probably mentioned this in in, in past episodes too. And um, I have, <laughs> I have this image. Do you, do you see the movie Yesterday, Sean? The, no, it, I, I never did. Okay, the, the Yesterday uh, is a great movie uh, about this singer. I like the concept though. Yeah, singer songwriter um, from this guy from India who is a less than adequate singer. Uh, actually some really good scenes with Ed Sheeran in it too. He, he actually does a really good job in that. And there's some, some universal, you know, glitch in the system and everyone like, like has memory loss of certain things. So like Coca-Cola, no one knows what it is. Cigarettes, no one knows what it is. The Beatles, no one knows what the Beatles are. Well, he does. And as a result, he tries to, and he, and he plays one of the Beatles songs and it turns into a hit. And then he just tries to recreate their catalog. It becomes this international huge superstar almost overnight because he has all these great songs and he's basically a fraud and he has yeah. to live with that. Well, there's a scene in a couple of, of the shows that all these people are going crazy and yelling and screaming. And there's like one or two people just standing in the middle of the crowd, transfixed, like poised, staring at him almost amazed that he's singing Beatles songs. So they obviously know the Beatles stuff as well. And then constant ends, all the crowd moves out and those people are still standing in the middle of the floor, just staring at him. So Sean and I were, were kind of like that. Like we'd be going to a Buffett show and everybody, you know, I mean, we would tailgate and have a little fun and all that, but we're not huge drinkers. We're not ones that go out and get, get really stupid and everything. We certainly had the, the flowered shirts and the lays and maybe even. We didn't a, have an ice luge in the back of our minivan. No, not, not a time, <laughs> not a time. And so we weren't, we weren't those people, but you know, we embraced it. It was fun. You know, we, we, I, I think I would call myself a parrot head. I think we always did, but we weren't your typical crazies at, at the concerts, but we were really interested in hearing the music. And I think we approach a lot of our, our shows that way that we break it down and listen to it, maybe in a little different way, not being snobs about it, but just, we, we like it for different reasons. It seems like almost. And again, I apologize if, if we damage some fun, some fun genes in, in the back of your brain, something like that, Sean. No. <laughs> but I always think of Buffett in three different stages, early Jimmy, which is, you know, when he was a troubadour, a guitar, singer, songwriter, uh, the, I think the real purists are going to say that that was when he was at his best. That's when he has some of his songs. This is like the pre 76 ish or so 1976, a lot of strum guitars, very harmonica rich, uh, fingers Taylor, who was with them back then before he left the band in the 2000. Um, and just had a, a different vibe, but it, uh, still an island, somewhat slash country, but more kind of tropical feel from start to finish. Uh, he had a couple albums where if you will go back and listen to it, um, one of which I'm doing a song from uh, the album called A1A. Every song on that, from our point of view, is a hit. It's crazy. Every, it's like from start to finish, every song. Mm -hmm. So, and then Margaritaville hits, and then he turns into... Well, excuse me, before that. So he, Margaritaville hits and he starts to become an icon and, and come, becomes famous. And then he has the, the middle, I always think of the middle Jimmy, which is, he has some really good songs and newer albums. This is where I think you really kind of tied into him a lot more, Sean, in, when he had these big three albums in the 90s, which was Barometer Soup, Fruitcakes, and Banana Wind. Mm -hmm. And then he starts em embracing the parrot head thing. And then, you know. The, right, but the, see, for me, I think what it was for me was that live album. You had to be that there. That you had... 
Which one? You had to be there. That that album. That was the first live album. Or one of the first. I album. don't know. It was a very. It was a long okay. live album. Yep. And it and you had it on a cassette tape, and it just played <laughs> on re- repeat in the car. And so, like all of those songs. Yeah. Is like that's so I don't know. Like I didn't grow up listening to one or two specific albums. It was like songs from a handful of albums, and they were all live versions right. that I knew yeah. before I even knew the studio version. That was uh, was it um. Harry Belafonte song was on there. The um, oh great, I can't. Uh, Jam- Jamaica, um, not Jamaica mistake. Yeah, you had to. It was, I think it was you had to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or feeding frenzy. Yeah. Or both. Or both. Or both. Maybe it was both of them on a. So again, that was just the beginning of the craziness and everything. Before he became global, uh, a lot of people would go to shows. We were going to shows on a regular basis with that, and and it was embraced. But you could buy tickets back then. You could get in, and you could you could get parking then it turned into something later on where he not only was 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 so big and so trendy that it, it turns out like okay you you like him now are you gonna like him on monday these these people maybe showed up and kind of embraced him but eh, you're gonna like him on monday you know, is, it, is it gonna is it gonna be really you know what you really like saturday night one of the lines in the song is you know there's a fine line between saturday night and sunday morning you know are you really gonna like him tomorrow come on um but he was so big and then it turned into Margaritaville's restaurants and bars. It turned into Land Shock. It turns into you know his, his connection with Corona. It turned into his own. I think he has his own rum of vodka. All which is fantastic. Oh yeah, by the way. yeah. All high quality. <laughs> I love. All, I kind of love yeah. all, that he just built this in like a, an entire Ho- hotels. Brand. Thank you very much. Now communities, RV communities, and and just explodes. And he's in pretty much almost almost every major city and in all over the world. Just explodes, explodes, explodes. So becomes mogul Jimmy. As well, again, all based on that one song from 1977, which kind of defined him that people have been misinterpreting and singing along with for all these years. So, so that's, that's kind of where we started from, you know, and again, we never want to be the old, oh, we know better because we've been fans longer and and we don't want to do that. Buffett hipsters. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, But it it seems like, I think a lot of his, his best songs and some of the songs that that uh, we've always attached to ourselves, ourselves to kind of get lost in the mix. And even mine and, and yours, I think as well that we're going to do today, but mine, yeah, they're always played in the shows. They're always played. You know, I, I almost wonder if mine's played and people use it as a bathroom song because they, they like it and they sing along, but they don't, they don't love it because it's not singing about a cheeseburger as much or a volcano. Or you're not doing a fins dance or whatever. It's okay. But it's, but they get lost in translation and maybe not as, as good in a, in a live version, fun part of the whole experience. But, but I, I always kind of wondered like in the back of my mind, my head, I would have liked to have sat down with something like, Jim, you like, you had all these songs that you, you wrote years ago that have a whole different meaning than, than this big party scene that you, you're, you've created. Do you want to just play those sometimes with an acoustic guitar and, and, and not have the fans and everything else and, and embrace those songs right. again? You know? So. Did he do any of that stuff when you went to that like VIP show at Mohegan? He Sun? did a little. I mean, you know, Buffett shows up and it's a party, you know? But yeah. I mean, and so, you know, Hey, 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 welcome everybody. And he, and he breaks into changes in latitude and son of son of a sailor, which two of my favorites, those are probably my two favorite Buffett songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he'll go into a couple, but he didn't, he didn't do a two hour set. He did, you know, probably 35, 40 minutes. I think. And um, I think that was right. I think it was right at the time when um, five o'clock somewhere, was coming out so we played that 
And I, I don't like that. No, one. <laughs> right, right. And that was it was funny because he got huge, huge after that as well because because of his little bit pot. Now again, it, that kind of became a brand. Of yeah, its own too. yeah. And it's it was like Margaritaville Part Two. And it's it's all tongue in cheek and it's a joke. And he ran all the way to the bank and and opened sixteen more restaurants off of that easily. And and you know played Margaritaville at the end and it was cool because it was an exclusive thing. I think there was maybe two hundred people in this in this little bar in, in Mohegan Sun. And then we saw him later on that night or the next day uh, at at the arena. And we got a chance to be second row because we had we we know, we had a guy we knew somebody. And being up front like that was was tremendous. And like he threw out his wristbands and I caught one of them and I have the set list and so things like that have just brought it to a whole different level with us for years, mm-hmm. for years and years and years. So, um, but I always wondered that some of those songs that he wrote that have, you know, they're not deep songs. They're not, we, we don't have songs that we've indexed. And but say, there are some, well, the you ones, know, the two that we're talking about are not, but there are a lot of songs that are very, and I have a couple on my list that I want. Well, they're, they're deep because the, the, of the subject matter. I think they, they talk about yeah. loss. There's a lot of talk about relationships, uh, friendships and all. But it's not this deep musical. I mean, it's four chords and the truth kind of thing. It's it's all it's always been straight. It's just about fun. straightforward. It's, a lot of it is just positivity and yeah, easygoing yeah. and nothing too complicated. That's why there's not much to talk about with the songs that we chose. But, right. But and I did that. I specifically chose that because I picked a song. I think the song that I chose is I chose it because it's really representative of kind of a lot, just the overall feel. Yes of his music yes. in general. I was thinking that, it's not necessarily my favorite one by him, but I think that's why I chose I was it. thinking the same thing. If you wanted to say, here's a couple songs that if you want to try to capture what, what either means to someone like us or, or Buffett, not only listen to these songs, don't listen to the live version, but listen to the regular versions of these mm-hmm. and put headphones on and close your eyes. And then you'll hear, mm-hmm. uh, you'll, you'll get a different feel. And I think again, that, that video that Katie sent uh, explaining that, when, when the woman was going to details, how it's been part of other people's lives and part of f- functions and part of weddings, you know, that that's what, what people kind of more have, have attached to almost than, than even the party scene. You know, it's really interesting right. to see all the huge amount of tributes that are still coming in. And maybe it's my feed because I have Buffett as part of my feeds and I'm always going to get something like that, but they're coming out still daily. People haven't moved on from, from him yet, which is interesting. Um, so it, it just, uh, these, these songs I think represent what we like about Buffett, but this was, I have to say, Sean, this, this is a hard one. When you said, what do you think, should we do a, a Buffett episode? I think, yeah, okay. And I started thinking like, okay, let's do this. And I literally had easily 20 songs. Like, okay. How do I? Oh yeah, no, I did. Too. How do you knock this down? I whittled down? it down to what? Eight? Yeah. How do you knock it down? Okay, well, let's see. Well, this one is a duplication and this one, okay, I'll knock this one off. But, oh, but what about this one? I'll have to put he went to Paris and it, Oh, knock that one off. But <laughs> I know it's just, it's also, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Eventually we're probably going to have to do this with Springsteen yep. too. Yep. Um, and you know, it's the Hopefully same thing. Like the, the catalog Hopefully is, is so yep. vast people who are not, I don't want to use the term real fans because that is no. the douchiest term ever, yep. but like people who are like casual deep fans, okay. people who like know him, but don't listen to him. Right. right? They know like maybe four songs. Right. Um, but this catalog of songs is so vast yep. and so deep. And um, when you're listening, when you've been listening to them from when it was not very vast, when it was right. three albums, four albums, and then you continue to listen to it as more albums come out every other and year. And you don't stray you know? from it. You stayed with it. 
Yeah. Right. And you continue to listen to the ones that you like from each album, then you have this really tight connection to such a vast body of work. Right. right. That it's it's hard to do that. And people sometimes ask, how can you be so affected by are you cold down there again? I'm freezing. <laughs> You're Sorry. in a cell. Um Yeah. My ba- it's it's like ninety five degrees outside today, which means that the AC has been pumping oh, all day. The AC cool. vent <laughs> is like directly above my head and yeah, I because I'm hot because the sun's blasting behind me. Here. I'm freezing, which makes my song even more yeah, appropriate. <laughs> Um, but people ask, well, how can you be so, maybe you don't understand, how can you be so affected by the death of someone who you really didn't know? You really didn't. We didn't know personally, I think, mm-hmm. but you feel like he's been such a part of your soul for, for a long, long time that all of a sudden to take yeah. that away is, is really difficult. And never mind. I mean, everywhere I look, oh, here's another thing. Well, here's, you know, here's my mouse pad, you know, you know, oh, yeah. and I brought. <laughs> I have one of those Jimmy Buffett mouse yeah. pads too. And I don't know where you know, is. here's my here's my shirt. <laughs> yeah. And here's one of my other sixty shirts. You know, it's just yeah. it's just it goes on and um and turns into flamingos and turns into hula dances and uh, it's just it it's it's a you have to embrace the lifestyle without and trying to do it responsibly without saying, Oh well, I'm gonna quit my job and just go sit on the beach somewhere and I guess I have to eat someday, but I don't worry about that. I mean, so it's it's a fine balancing act with that. But and that, you know, again, that's yeah. Springsteen for us, that's Green Day for you. That's you know, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. bands that's you have to face the yeah, mortality. You know, trying to think trying to think in the future, like when I'm your mm-hmm. age and the the artist that I grew up listening to that I'm really into right now and I was when I was a kid, when that happened, you know, it's who's that gonna right. be? Like that's probably gonna be Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be Blink-182, Brian Fallon, although he's not that much older than right, me. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, it's going to happen. Right. But, <laughs> you know, again, as sad and, and don't want to turn this into a really bad thing because, you know, you don't want to have like, stuff that's a bummer around Jimmy Buffett. But something tragic happens to one of those artists. How's that going to make you feel tomorrow? What? Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, Tom Petty. Right. And Tom the Petty, thing is, the way, I think you got hit by Tom Petty hard. Yes. You know, so. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. For no, it. I feel like when it does, like when this, when this one happened, I was like, okay, yeah. 76 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. You know, been drinking and partying his entire life. But not, <laughs> Pretty hard. not really. That's actually kind of part of the mystique, the persona. They, oh, they said true, back in yeah. the day, he became very moderate with all that stuff and he didn't, yeah. he didn't really kind of partake but as like, much, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The image. You know, like yeah. it's one of the, like you see it and you're like, oh yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it's time, you know? Right. Um, because he was when it happens when it does happen to springsteen it's going to be the same thing like yeah Yeah. it's you know but with with tom petty i didn't think about it enough to the point where it's like oh yeah i guess he is older and you know it was just one of those like shock yeah for that yeah that's how i was with prince right but the cool thing about it is that they when that person is gone it's easier to get through because you don't know the person but like there's so much of them that's still here that you don't ever need to get rid of you know that's true that's true. And I like to think that we're kind of doing that ourselves by doing podcasts, you know, like after I'm gone, my girls will be able to go back and listen to all of these episodes right. for however long, because, you know, it's just always going to exist. So it's cool. It's cool that we're able to do this. Right. Well, in, in the big scheme of things, um, you never expect it, but you kind of do. Because obviously, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a limited time that we're on this earth, but it's still a shock. And it's, you know, you have you have people who you're close to that you lose and that hurts and stuff. And and this feels like a good friend that this, this, for me, this was, this was a big one. This was more, yeah, like a friend that felt, you lost touch with. Yeah. 
this is a this is a difficult one for me. Yeah. So, but yeah. let's get let's let we got the sad yeah. stuff out of the yeah. way, right? So let's uh let's talk let's talk about the music because I think the great thing about his music is it is mostly really, really positive yeah. and upbeat and and hopeful and like just pleasant. Like it's it's all about loving life and relaxation and you know, like it's basically the opposite of corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, of which it's funny because which he's a, a full fledged member of corporate America, oh, yeah. America oh, now yeah. with, with everything he's done. Yeah. Right. It, it's really kind of ironic that his, his entire corporate, you know, presence identity mm. is, is based around something that is all, all about escaping it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> which is kind of funny. Right. So uh, let's do my song first because I think there's less okay. to talk about okay. with my song, okay. and then we'll we'll do your song, and then I want to just talk about some of the other songs that are on our list and and kind of why we almost chose yeah. them, right? Gotcha. So my song is is called Manana. It's from Changes in Latitudes. What album is it from? It's from no, it's from I just had that up too. It's from I think Son of a Son of a Sailor, maybe. Oh yes, yes. So, but again, if you look at some of the covers to his albums. He makes fun of himself even on those sometimes, and, yeah. and it's just like he can't take it seriously. But there was some yeah, good no, music the in there, some really good music in there. Yeah. So this is this is the beginning of my song. I'll play a little bit of it. Great bass. So that's it. So <laughs> go, uh, go listen to it. Click the link in the show notes. Listen to it. Come back, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah, it's good. Goosebumps. It's good, but it's not like it's nothing crazy, right? It's uh, no, no, but it's it's no. just very pleasant. And it flows, doesn't it? So another song that I was going to do was Boat Drinks. And I know that that's a a close one for you too, right? I I, I found myself drawn to the two songs that talk about being stuck somewhere cold and wanting to go someplace warm, (laughs) (laughs) which may just be because we live in New Hampshire. Could be. Well, and you know the whole thing about Boat Drinks, there's a Bruins connection. I figured you'd like that one. Yeah, because the hockey game's on? yeah. You, you you want a real quick synopsis there? You want to talk about it later? Let's talk about that later. All right, so I figured. So no, I, I mean the I, first I, the first line in this is I can't go back to America soon. It's so America goddamn June. cold. It's going to snow until June. Yeah, and that, that's that's our life. Um, <laughs> Buffalo freezing in their cars. But you know what I found interesting <laughs> is that like Jimmy Buffett died, and then immediately we had this ridiculous heat wave. Yeah. When it's supposed yeah. to it's supposed to be cooling down right now. Mm-hmm. My body's not dealing with the heat very well, but yeah, I know, um, I know. <laughs> but you know. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, well, you got to have some margaritas. That's what it takes. Yeah. Oh, I love a margarita right now. Like frozen off to see the lizard margarita from Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so good. I would go for one of those. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I don't have too many things. I really like when the bass comes in in the beginning of that around nine, just nine seconds. She said I can't oh, yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. a nice little intro. You know yeah. how much I love bass when bass comes in, when bass yeah. gets featured. Uh, and I wanted it, to play. Oh, go ahead. It's, it, that it ends up being lush. It's not just him and the guitar and stuff with all those different. Oh, that's that the thing into. is it is we say it's like a simple sounding song and it's really like. But like if you listen to like the verse, there's a lot going on. Just yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to like the second verse 
this is it's really interesting the way this song is broken out by the way um the second just second verse because there's kind of more going on so you can just listen to like all this music stuff happening in the background but i don't understand never seem to work out the way i had it planned hanging out in a marine you know what i mean like nothing is just playing straight chords or anything it's like everyone is kind of doing their own thing but it yeah. all meshes together really well but, but again Well, two things there. First, can you just see him sitting on a stool, you know, in a bar down in Key West where he, he started, you know, or New Orleans, whatever, and just kind of strumming along and singing it and just, it flows. It's very easy. Um, you don't know the reference between this, of the Steve Martin stuff, do you? No. Okay. You know, Steve Martin. The, the Is comedian. it the Steve Martin I'm thinking of? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When he first broke out, he was, so, he was a stand-up comedian and he would do these like slapstick, hilarious bits. Uh, and Steve and Martin be, is hysterical. Yeah. And on Saturday night live, <laughs> that's when he did, you yeah. know, the two wild and crazy guys and he would, uh, do, um, oh, I mean, he had, he had all the, these characters that he would do well and his stand up when he first started, uh, he used to do his part of his stand up with, uh, an arrow through his head. Like where you put it on a band, you know, mm-hmm. you, like a, um, a headband. With, you know, one coming in and the other going out, like, you know, in a completely uh, stock white suit with like a blue tie. And just with his, his, his arms were made of elastic and jumping around stuff. And his thing is, hey, do you want to get small? <laughs> you know, in other words, you want to get, go get high kind of stuff. So for him to have that reference, I guess, was, was a part of a true story where he connected with Steve Martin one time and he said, hey, do you want to get small? And they got small. So that's what that is. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Steve Martin, so also an incredible banjo player. Yes. Like, yes. Blow, like blow your mind, crazy yep. good banjo player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I wanted to just play the chorus just so any, for anyone who cheated and didn't listen to the song. And uh, <laughs> I, I just want to play the chorus a little bit because I think the chorus is a really good example of the feel that his music overall and uh, generally, good especially this older stuff. Um, this is kind of, you know, the, the feelings that are evoked from his music within these earlier songs. And I, I think the chorus is a really good example of that. And I want to apologize if the recording quality does not sound that great. For some reason, for me, it sounds really awful it uh, when I'm playing me. it through here. Uh, yeah. So in case that's what it sounds like on the final edit. Okay. Sorry. I don't know if it, if it will in the final cut or not, but for, for when I'm looking at it, listening to it, it sounds, it sounds perfect. Sounds what I normally would hear. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this song is really interesting because it's like exactly four minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's interesting because it's broken out very evenly. Okay. I, I, I don't think I have my times right on here, but um. And, and and this is a bit of a slight, and and I don't mean it to be, but I think a lot of his songs are formatted in a similar way. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's a it's a you know four, four by four measure. It's a you know it it's verse, um, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, verse chorus, chorus, solo, verse, chorus, chorus. Yeah, it, right, right, and and Bridge, you know three and a half minutes, four minutes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, simple song, you know, singer songwriter stuff. But yeah, but not lamenting of all this this sadness and terribleness and and being emo but just always fun and and, and sprinkle in 
they, they call him like a salty cowboy. They're so sprinkling yeah, it's the like, sea. It's like the kind of stuff that you, I mean, he, he engineers his songs to be perfect for like lying on the beach with a sun hat covering your face and falling asleep and just having this playing as background music, right? Or in a hammock. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Chillaxing. Yep. Um, yep. So, but at, at one thing never that he does forced, in sec- doesn't feel fake, never forced, right? Right. In the, it, it is still meticulously engineered. And in the second verse, um, he kind of gets quiet in the second half of the verse, uh, which is kind of cool. In the background, singers join him for the, that oh, line. Yeah. I just want to play that. Just if you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Steve Martin calls singing in about that really wanna get small. This part right here. Just for that, those yeah. two lines, it like kind of draws back, right? And he's got the background singers doing it with it. And it's just like, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about on the show all the time. These little subtle things that are really subtle, but they, they add a lot of change. And it's, it, you know, we mentioned a lot. We, we hearken back to the episode where we had Alex Rosamilia from the Gaslight Anthem on, where he talked about these little things where you draw certain things back so they can, so other moments can feel bigger. Mm-hmm. There's not really big moments in a song like this, but like, adding those little bit of dynamic changes. And, and again, talking about talking about producing, was that in the original cut or was that in added in with, with the six take, but you know, right. let's have the, and you let's know, have like the girl a, single over it. So, those yeah. are the, that's probably the other most memorable line in this song, right? Like I think the most memorable lines in this so goddamn cold, it's going to snow until June. Yeah. <laughs> and, Women and water are in short supply. There's not enough dope for us all to get high. It, they're just yeah. memorable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think the, I, I, when you look at the rest of the lyrics, I think those two are the ones that people are, people would remember if they didn't mm-hmm. know the whole song, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. I think highlighting that was, was smart. Yeah. And at the end, how about, uh, and you, you probably don't know the reference to this either. Um, and I hope Anita Bryant never, ever does one of my songs. You know, I remember that you explained that to me once when I was a kid, but I don't remember. She at, at the time she was having to when he put this out, he was doing the uh, the album. It, she was doing this big anti-gay children thing. So let's save the children from from gayness. Mm. And uh, and he's just so inclusive. He always has been, and 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 is a, is a champion for everybody. So uh, she was big. She was a pretty big pop singer at the time. Uh, and and it, it, again, you got to think of the '60s. In the 70s, there was two very distinct tracks when we thought of music. There was the variety shows, which everyone had a variety show, which was a little comedy and, and terrible canned musicians coming in and stuff. And then there was the real rock people in between, and it was just starting to kind of define itself. Well, she was definitely in that, that, that previous category, and she was a very vocal anti-gay. And he was just like, yeah, I don't want you to ever, ever do one of my songs. And, and I think he caught some flack from it at the beginning, but... You know, as a result, and then years ago, yep. he actually sung it live and said, and "I hope uh, little Britney Spears never does ever does one of my songs." I don't know why her, you know, he mm-hmm. would target her, but he had was it during the time that she kind of had her breakdown and shaved her head? And <sighs> I don't know, was she ever controversial? I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. know. And um, so She's always replaced, <laughs> always replaced it live with that. He, this isn't one. I think this isn't one of the big eight. They used no. to call it that he played at every show, but you would hear this every so often on some of the live stuff. That was pretty yeah. good. So I just, for me, it's more about the sound of it. And, and I yeah. think just being representative of, of his sound. But one and, thing that I found and, cool and, about wait, it. Wait, 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 
Can you ever describe a Kiss concert if you've never been to one? <laughs> <laughs> Not a concert I ever really have interest in going to. Say. But you know what's interesting to me about this song is that they chose to do this. Yeah. An organ solo. Yeah. Yeah. Not a guitar solo. Not yeah. a harmonica. Not a steel drum solo. Mm-hmm. Organ solo. Mm-hmm. Which is just adds a really interesting feel to it. Yeah. And not a Hammond. Yeah, it is. It's a, that's is it? Does, a it doesn't sound like that Hammond B3. But that was probably that uh, without horn looking spinning at the, on the Leslie. It wasn't the uh, without looking at the, the line of notes. I I would guess it would be Michael Utley, who was his sideman. He was his Clarence to Bruce. He was his, yeah. you know, the, the, he was his muse, you know, for a lot of things. And who's a, an accomplished um, producer in, in his own right and has done a lot of really interesting stuff over the years too. But he's he's the foil a lot of times when he's on stage. So, yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, there. that's it, really. Yeah. I think there's some some interesting things, but nothing too crazy. Uh, one thing I had a question about is at the end, 354-ish. Um, my question that I wrote down is, what is that? <laughs> right there. Did it's you a, hear it? like a crash. It sounds like a like an air brake on a train or something. Don't ever forget that you just may wind up being gone. Right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is that? It's it's not waves. It sounds like a train stopping or yeah, like a when yeah. a bus stops and you hear that. Like that's what it sounds. Like. Well, we'll say that's know. what it is. <laughs> yeah, I bet someone well, has researched know. that. It's probably out there somewhere. So if anybody finds that out or knows, please let us know. Huh. Yeah, I never so, heard I that mean, before. I never heard that, Sean. Oh, well, you weren't listening. No. <laughs> hey, that's a um, good. No. So, do you want to do yours? I mean, we're already yeah. an, almost an hour in. Okay. Uh, if Mine, you want to. Move on right on to your song. Yeah, let's do that. In mine, I don't have a lot of stops and, and, and other things. It's just something that I, I think, again, captures the, the Buffett that, that we've all known. Uh, it's, I think this might be one of the, the big eight that he does or had done in shows on a regular basis, but I don't think it translates quite as well live. This is one, if you're going to listen to, to this version, to, to a version, please listen to the studio version. Yeah. With headphones, close your eyes. Not if you're driving. Close your eyes and, and try to make sure that you, you capture the, the whole essence of the song. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's that sound. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're doing Pirate Looks at 40. Yes. If you don't know this song, it goes like this. Mother, mother, ocean. I've heard you call Wanted to sail upon your waters Since I was three feet tall You've seen it all So that's it. So go listen to it <laughs> and come back. We'll talk about it. All right. <sighs> Makes me sad. Makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. A little. You know, I mean, it's great. Uh, great. I've talked about this song before on past shows. I think when we had our summertime playlist, because mm-hmm. there's a fantastic cover of this song by Stick Figure, I think, and a bunch uh, of other people in that genre. You mentioned that, yeah. It's like Stick Figure and Soja and like a bunch of it, uh, you know that that kind of dub reggae. Yeah. A lot of those artists they came they kind of came together and did a cover of this song, and it's fantastic. I'd like to see Playing for Change do this. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, um, I think Dylan and. Bonnie Raid or some other people have done this too. Surprisingly, Jack Johnson has done it. Yeah, people that when you see interviews that Buffett did, they were he was shocked that other people even knew it. Never mind would perform it and was was yeah. appreciative of it. So it's almost yeah. like this is like the musician's song that he did. yeah could be where it's like not like the party song, but like like the people who are musicians are the ones yeah. that appreciate this one. Yep, and it's you know it's the story's pretty clear cut. Again, it's a story, singer songwriter stuff of a, of a uh, guy that's a a pirate and doesn't smuggling and but just kind of doesn't fit into the real world and I, I think that some of the characters that he probably ran into were real life characters down in the Key West area that uh, that he grew fond of and, and connected to down there but mm-hmm. um, the song itself is just it really interesting really you know kind of ba- basic with the instrumentation heavy with the um, Monica which is Fingers yeah, Taylor's oh yeah. you know which, which again his his earliest stuff had a lot of harmonica in it and Fingers Taylor who was Again, I think one of the main guys in his band at the time, because he always played a really big role, bigger than a guitar solo or organ solo or something. It was always a harmonica solo, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he left the band in, I think, the year 2000. But things seemed to change. There was a little more of a twang. He, had, he ended up getting, for some of the live shows, a, um, a steel slide guitar. Slide right? guitar, yeah, steel, steel guitar. So, it, it, you know, it's there, but, you, you know, you can't, 
you can't replace that sound specifically, uh, but it's just, uh, not only is it harmonica, but the style of someone when he plays the harmonica, it just feels very, very like if you hear it, it's like, that's the guy that's always been with Buffett. That's a very unique sound of harmonica. Mm-hmm. And it just, again, close your eyes, lie down in a hammock and listen to this song. And, and, and it kind of captures you know, a little bit of why we, we always love Buffett. This one, again, one of the big eight, I think that always did it, did it in the shows. And it was a, it was a quiet moment in the show. People sang along to it, which is nice, and, and hugged each other and all, and was swaying back and forth. But I, I almost wonder, as I said earlier, that if some people use it as the bathroom song because, mm-hmm. quick, I want to get back because I want to do the fins dance and I want to want to watch volcano and I want to watch the, the the video screens for changes in latitude in, in the parking lot and all that stuff. But this is something that I think he still did on a regular basis. So he's pretty well known for this song, but this is a song I think people have forgotten because they think of cheeseburger they think of Margaritaville, they think of fins and volcano, but they forget about how good this one was too, even if it was live. But I like the, uh, the studio version so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the live version is good too, though, on that live album. And it's a million. He, I, I, he's, he's probably, you know, done it almost every show and there's a million different live versions of it. Um, but I, th- I, again, this is the old, I wonder, it seems like this is one I, that I think he maybe enjoyed playing. It, yeah. it just seems like there was a different kind of feel when he, when he would do this. And uh, like would, it means more to him than some of the other yeah, ones. Yeah, could be. I mean, again, I'm, I'm projecting, I'm guessing, cause I don't know. Uh, but it just, it just feels for somebody who's a serious musician, that's going to be something that's going to feel a little, a little more real. You know, there's, there's, you can, you can pick it apart like we, like we did, but there's not, there's not a lot of things that you can say, let's go back to, you know, number two minutes and 32 seconds in and stuff that is just, I think it's the overall vibe for me, which is why I didn't want to break it. I didn't, I chose not to just break it down and, and look at it from yeah. that perspective. I don't know if you have any specifics or somebody stuff no. that you index no, and stuff, but this, he would embellish some of the lyrics when he would do it live. You know, I, I go for younger women and when he was singing live, you say, Oh, trouble, you know, and then go on to the <laughs> next one. So it's okay. It's cute and everything. But again, it's, I think like, like there's part of me we want to say, Jimmy, stop it. You don't need it for this song. Don't yeah. don't do that kind of thing. Um, but he may need to do that stuff to keep a separation, right? We talked about this with Chris when Ozzy came on. You know, if there's some songs that are really emotional to you, you need to find a way to yeah. kind of keep a keep a, a couple steps away from that when you're performing it Could live, be. right? Yeah. And that that may be what that is. I don't know. I don't claim to know what's going yeah, on that's, inside. That's a really good point. His head. Yeah, but like maybe that's what that is you know Who knows? it certainly it sets a different tone in the live show uh, there's not a lot i mean come monday is like that but that's the because that was his his first song that he, he had a hit with that's always near the tail end of, of a show and and everybody sings along so they all know that one but this one is just a little different spin and then right after this he's going to morph into and then and go into something that's going to be fun and danceable and it's easily forgotten in, in in the set list because the next thing is going to be a dancing fun one kind of thing so mm-hmm. um but no, just again, if if you if you only know a few songs, casual fan, that's fine. But if you want to get to know a little more and kind of get a little feel, I think this is the one. This is the one that, uh, well, this is one of many that, for me, kind of is, is a good representation. I know there are others that we're going to talk about now as well. But that this is the one that, uh, out of all the ones that I was trying to choose, this one always seemed to kind of keep bubbling to the top, and I listened to it over and over. I went back and listened to sixteen different versions of every song, and this one is the right. one that just kind of kept coming back. So. Yeah. yeah, I like I like the the ending of this one. Mother, mother ocean, right here, this is the part that I like. All the years I found, occupational hazard be occupation just not around. I feel like I drown. 
I really like the way he does that live. Yep. He always kind of changes it up at the end there, and, yep. and it's got him a bigger ending. But it, I like how in this version, it kind of like just slowly starts chipping away yep. and getting more and more um, like quiet and and, and emotional. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And at the end, it, gonna hit a town. I feel like yeah. And then when he says something about being down, he'll say no way. You know, because he doesn't want to ever be down. He's always going to be upbeat. But yeah. this is this is a song I think can be interpreted a million different ways too. Is is mm-hmm. a song initially about loving the ocean and 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 in ecology? Is it a, is it really a story about a guy who was a pirate? Is it his his life story? Uh, when you think about it, so there's a lot of different ways. I think people yeah, that'd be interesting to take a deep ways. dive into the lyrics and, and the connotations yeah. behind the, yeah. the phrases. And stuff. I I always think of it more as a life story. Like okay getting older and, and I'm not, so I haven't found my groove. I don't know who, I don't know where I fit and know what I'm doing. And you know, yeah. that, that last, that last uh, verse, which like your song you'd mentioned, he gets quiet mm-hmm. he kind of pulls it back and it, it's, it feels a lot more atmospheric and all, uh, and this fades out quietly with a little bit of the harmonica and just kind of drif- drifts off into the sea. It's kind of cool. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Songs, other songs. Yeah, you want to go back and forth? Well, it's kind of like you do one and I'll do yeah, one. Yeah. Right, you why don't I'm, you looking at my no- I'm looking at my notes right now. So I don't even have notes. I literally just have a list and I'm just going to riff on. Okay. <laughs> so songs and a quick reason why. Yeah. Okay. You go first. All right. Well, um, my list is in no particular order. But, no um, particular order. One of the ones, oh, get rid of Manana because that's the one I talked about. Um, the first one that's on my list is Coconut Telegraph. And, yeah. it, it, you know, if you're, not, if you're not a big Jimmy Buffett fan and you don't know some of these songs, like, that's okay. You don't really need to pay that much attention to this part. But you might not know some of these songs. Uh, you can go listen to them if you want. But um, this is one that I just really like the chorus. I think the chorus in Coconut Telegraph just sounds super fun and upbeat and happy and you can hear it on a coconut. Telegram. I know. I wish I had all of them loaded up yeah, so I can kind yeah. of play a little snippet of them, but um, I didn't have time to pull that together. But yeah, interesting song. Again, storytelling. Storytelling. It's a, it's a great. It's a different um, melody in that one. Yeah. You know the way that he emphasizes certain phrases and stuff is just a. It's a little. It it, it just has a very positive sound to it. So I've always liked it. Okay, right, my turn. Yeah. Boat drinks. Which we we got to yeah. mention boat drinks at some point. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Okay. Um, boat drinks, which is, uh, has a Bruins connotation because Derek Sanderson, who was uh, a center for the Bruins back in the, the big bad Bruins days with Bobby Orr and all that, he owned a bar outside of Boston garden. And the story is that after a show, he was hanging out with, with Derek Sanderson and a few of the Bruins guys and he was freezing cause it's the middle of the winter and, and he's in a bar in Boston and it's snowing. He's like, what am I doing up here? I belong in the tropics somewhere. And I guess after a few and all, he looked around, there wasn't a lot of ways for him to get back to his hotel. So we went outside, left the bar and went out, uh, couldn't find a cab. Um, but there was run one like running in front of a nearby hotel. There was no driver in it. He went, um, but he said, I was too cold to care about the consequences. Um, there's an old Navy expression, which says beg forgiveness, not permission. He hopped in and drove it back to the hotel, but he did leave the fare on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the imagery of him hanging out with Bruins in itself is is kind of cool. Um, he always said in in his live shows that he has only done one song had anything to do with ice hockey, and this is it. Yeah. Um, again, one of the big eight I think is always is always sung in a lot of the shows. Oh, it's a great chorus too. Yep. I gotta go Boy, where it's warm. You know, boys in the band <laughs> ordered boat drinks. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's visit is so, and then you know, I shot six holes in my freezer, kind of. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fun, fun. Yep. Yeah, it's Greg, a, it's, that's a fun one. And yep. as as a New Hampshire citizen, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate the the lyrics of that song. Yep. Um, all right, next one on my list is "We Are the People Our Parents Warned Us About." Ah, oh, cool, good one. This is just one that was always like that was always on that cassette tape, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, it was just always. It's just uh, I just have it's a lot funny. of memories with it, and then, yeah, it's funny. The whole I- idea behind the lyrics is is just funny that like you know this is what my parents wanted me to do. <laughs> what did he say? I was supposed to have been a Jesuit priest or a Naval Academy grad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what my parents wanted me to do. And then he's like, but then I got a guitar and a job in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yep. just like, it's just a fun story, you know? Yeah. Probably. And I like, I like the whole idea of like, we are the people that our parents warned us to stay away from. Right. Probably just some, like that. I think some bit of his autobiography in some way. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and in a fun, one of those fun songs to sing along to. And, you know, you think about all the people who go to shows uh, and you see these doc, and he, he said he's the famous for people who go to shows with doctors and lawyers and, 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 you know, high level mm-hmm. people in, in careers and look at me, middle-class fancy, <laughs> look at me dressed up like an idiot here and doing loose shots in the yeah. parking lot. And, it's kind and, of and, a, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a love letter to his audience, right? I think so. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool, the, the chorus is a fun kind of call and answer style. Yes. You go listen yeah. to it. So. Um, so actually, I'm going to skip around here. Let's see. I only have a couple more. So Little Miss Magic. I like I that, that song. song. I like that song because I want you to dance to that with all you three girls at the wedding. I, I used to sing that to Harper at night sometimes. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. It's that a song great, makes me tear up. It's a great father daughter dance. That is one of the songs I think that was mentioned in that video that Katie sent that the woman is trying to explain how, how deep Buffett's connection is with people. Anyways, yeah, and it's a song that most people I would say, even if they're not as much a casual fan, but even if they're a little more of a deeper fan, um, maybe wouldn't know. But go and listen to that, and I guarantee you're either going to get goosebumps or tears over that. Yeah, I have a couple here that and are wrote that, I think, for his daughter. more deep cuts that I think people probably won't know unless they're a yeah. pretty big fan. Yeah. All right. That got? song is just that song is gorgeous. Um, the yeah. and it's a little the ending's a little too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of drag drags on at the end, but um, yeah. It's it's really nice Little Miss lyrics. What you gonna be? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yep. yeah. If if nothing else, look up the lyrics to that song. Even if you're not a Jimmy Buffett fan, if you think you don't like his music, like just look up the lyrics to that and just appreciate um, yeah. how well written it is. Yep. All right. Next one on my list is actually a, a cover, Jamaica Farewell. Ah. Um, and I chose not to talk about that one just because we said no covers. But um, he just does such an amazing, that, that's a legendary song. It's done by every reggae artist that's ever yeah. lived, right? Harry Belafonte, and, yeah. And uh, I, think he, I think he does the best version of it. Yeah. With and a you, close second by uh, Sebastian the Crab from the Little Mermaid cassette tape that he used to have. Yeah, it could be kids. a tough one back and forth. <laughs> tough. No, I, I just, I, I, and that's, that's one you grew great, up with. It's a great song. And uh, I think he does the best version of it. Okay. That's all. Now, I'm going to I'm going to skip around since you just mentioned Sebastian the Crab. I'm going to go with uh, Caribbean Amphibian that he sings Elmo. With, that, with Elmo. <laughs> Elmo Palooza. He did a, an, an album of all different artists that that's really some 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 deep into in, into the cheese, uh, not cheese, deep into the um to the, the pool artists. And mm-hmm. Buffett was the one that was a little more mainstream and stuff. And he did. And it was a good song. Good song. It's yep. a Caribbean Amphibian. With, I remember that. With a hilarious um, video, video attached yeah. to it, by the way. So I remember that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, barometer soup. Good. Is yep. my next one. Yep. 
this is a fun one that we when I was in college, uh, me and a couple of friends from Surf Club would sit around and strum this song and play this song. So oh, nice. it's always kind of a fun. It's a good sing along one, and um, it's it's really one of the like defining sit around on the beach songs for me. Okay, and that's that's a relatively new one too. So people knew that. I think that I mean people in the Surf Club. I think we just everybody was like me. They're all kind of raised on. Oh right, <laughs> so they gotcha. just, You know, gotcha. All right. So that was with your Brahmana soup. I'm going to say, I'm going to do a three, three of them that this is a, again, kind of perfectly captures. Wait, you're giving me three for one. Yep. Get out of here. Cause they're all same. There. They're all very similar. <laughs> they're all the same song. No, they're all very similar. <laughs> um, trying to reason with hurricane season, one particular Harbor, Havana oh. daydream. And actually it's going to be four and banana republics. That's all. Like if you ever want to just kind of go and put those four songs on, and lie in a hammock, you've just captured the essence of Buffett, wouldn't you say? Um, one particular harbor is on my list too. I love that. Okay, song. talk about that one then. Go ahead. I I just love it. I love. I almost picked that uh, one. I, that was one I almost. What is, what what are they actually saying in the chorus? I don't I know. No I idea. think it's Tahitian. I think it's it's its, it's own language. It. I love I love that. Uh, and at the end, when they do the last chorus, they break it down to basically just a bass drum beat. Yep. And like the rim shots while yep. he sings it, and it's just a great like clap your hands, sing along. Like it's it's a really well structured song. And I, I love the chorus and I love that he kind of does a couple different languages. I think it's really cool. And translates really well into a live show with that one too. So Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good live song. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what I love about it is when you listen to the live version or you see it at a concert, it's like a yeah. really good live one. There's a lot of um, images of video vid- videos on YouTube of images with boats and beaches and crashing waves with that song in the background that, that, just, yeah. that just fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. So we agree, we agree on that one. All right. Yeah. I only have a couple more. Uh, Little Magic Arcade, we did boat drinks. Uh, can I do one? What's that? Can I do one? Oh, yeah, sorry. Did That's right. I was jumping in again. Oh, you do it. Your turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so actually, another one that kind of goes along with Barometer Soup, Schoolboy Heart. You know what? I thought, I knew you were going to say that. I th- Katie likes that one, and she likes Barefoot Children in the Rain. I was going to yeah. say that one, Barefoot Children, and Stars on the Water are all in the same song. That's one they're, you they're could, all the you could done the threesome. Yeah. And I think it's the writer in me that that is drawn to that song. Okay, I like the way it's written. I like all of the different analogies that he uses, and and it's it's kind of goofy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um, but I like it, you know. And that's from the that middle those those big three albums in in mm-hmm. the uh, in the center part of his his career that that hit big that we yeah. we listened to a lot. I think when we were going on trips, and and you heard that in, in the yeah. car too. Yeah, good. Well, it's choice. one of those ones that like we were all around when the album came right. out and then we you listen to it to the point where you know every word to every exactly. song right? so, exactly yeah so yeah schoolboy heart is, is is kind of paired with barometer soup and also stars on the water for me mm-hmm. so barefoot yeah. children in the rain is one katie said oh barefoot children is a good one yeah, yeah. she said oh that's the one i would do if it was me so yeah yeah um so the the one that um I'm always drawn to, which I almost did, but it, it, it's not well known at all. The Wino and I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I'm sure you if know, I heard it, know. I recognize it. But when when I saw that on the list, I'm like, I don't even know. Well, go one. and listen to it because um, the the chorus is the Wino and I know, and the end of it is living my life like a song. That's that shirts I just oh. showed you, and that's gotcha. that's where that that kind of Monica came from. That that attachment to that. So yeah, gotcha. Um, I lo- so I only have two left. On- Oh, go no, ahead. I've just I've just always loved that that song because of of that particular thing, and, and I think again I think he's 
he always had a tendency to, to maximize some of those things. And he turned that into a marketing scheme as well. So I have two shirts that have live, live your life like a song, which I think mm-hmm. is just such a great message that you have yeah. all these great songs out there. Why don't you live like you're listening to and maybe life will be better. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So I only have two more. And one of them is I had to go back and listen to it. Cause it was like, I remembered liking it. <laughs> But it's not great. The the legend of Norman Paperman. Oh, what a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. What a what a weird moment <laughs> that that album is just so like you know I, I I was like I remember liking this song. I don't know why. So I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, you know what it reminded me of? I felt like I was watching one of the shows that we would watch at the resort in Aruba during our honeymoon. Oh, really? <laughs> like the, really the really cheesy singy song like. <laughs> that all the old people go and watch like it was just like very show tunesy and and it, it's really cheesy but it's a fun song on, on the resort in in live or something or yeah or like you, you know the on, live, a, on a cruise maybe or yeah like you're yeah or on a cruise ship yeah, yeah like okay. you know exactly yep. and uh it's just one of it's one of those like it's it's fun i mean the whole it's a, it's the first it's the opening tune to don't the carnival one. don't stop don't the stop carnival, carnival right. and, and which was his short so, like that whole album is just weird yeah his short-lived and, uh, uh broadway thing that he did yeah. yeah yeah and uh it's just there's something charming about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then the last one that i have is kind of a deep cut but i think um it's it's a gorgeous love song called distantly in love oh, yeah um, and I just no, think it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. And I put it right up there with um, Romeo and Juliet, like songs like that. Oh, like that's okay. the vein that I see this in. And I, I think it's just a, a beautifully written and beautifully sung uh, love song that tells the story of someone who is in love with someone that they are separated right. from and far right. away from. And, and right. they just want that person to know how they feel. And it's, it's just, it's really, really well done. And uh, it's different from most of his yeah songs in theme and in feel and uh it's just a standout for me for some reason i just think that whole imagery of with our pictures still up there on the wall or Mm -hmm. on the shelf maybe or whatever yeah Uh, going back to his old bar yeah people who you know people who did distance there's for whatever reason there was a distance driven between them and uh he's kind of lamenting that and i just think it's it's somewhat relatable for a lot of people but i think it tells a story that you can understand really clearly and uh, the melody is beautiful. The chorus is beautiful. And it's just really nice. Right. Yeah, I like that. I almost, that's when I, that was on my short list. I almost did that one too. Yeah. Just because of, of the, that whole image again, I went back to the restaurant or back to the bar and saw a, a photo, old photograph still up on the shelf. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff. And again, I yeah. think for the casual fan, they, they've never heard that. You know, the, if, mm-hmm. if you want to get into knowing a little bit about Buffett, that four CD set or the four album set beaches bars ballads that's the best one beaches that's the best place to beaches start. bars ballads boats. boats um has most of these and i think that's yeah. that's where you get a good education and and the and diversity. like i said this one is a deep cut i think people won't know it unless they're right fans and they, they've listened to like all of his, right. his and stuff. that's older too but that's um, older isn't it and it's and it's another one that i say even if you don't if you think you don't like Jimmy Buffett, like my wife doesn't like Jimmy, right. doesn't really like Jimmy mm-hmm. Buffett's music. But if you, if you don't, if you think that like, that's just too cheesy or it's just, I'm not something I'm into. Give this one a try with an open mind because this is not a Jimmy Buffett song. Right. This is a universal right. love song, love right. ballad. That right. is, is it's gorgeous. Yeah. It really is. I always equate that one. It with, really is. It, it's a standard. I always equate that one with, he went to Paris too, which is another one. I think that's one of his, his mm-hmm. good storytelling songs of, of with the image. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Um, yeah. I, Last mango in Paris. Like all yeah, the, you know, yeah. he's got some really good, he's really good at telling stories right. through song. Right. That uh, people who just show up and, and sing Margaritaville have maybe missed that. And they, it's sad because I think there's a lot, there's a lot in his catalog that uh, people need to listen to because it's so good, which again, we've always attached ourselves to, which is why this is a, a big loss for us because of songs yeah. like this. So that one, Jolly Man Sing has always been one of my favorites <laughs> because of the story. Yeah. It's just a really good story. Yeah, they made that into is, a children's book too. You know, it's good because they made it into a yeah. children's book. Do you ha- did I give you that one at one point? Do you have that? I don't have it now, Katie. Probably oh, I have it. it. No, I have it. So I think I still like. Have it's it. just you know, I I find myself, and usually it's the opposite. You know, where you're the one that's into the lyrics and I'm into the yeah. music. I find myself more drawn to the ones that have really good writing and and tell interesting stories. Yeah, but, because he does tell good stories, and you can tell that he's able to write them because he's traveled the world and he's he's had experiences that allow him to make yeah, up these stories. It, it's never felt you know? forced. It just no, feels it, like he's, it, it he's feels, sitting around telling stories. It doesn't stories. feel like he's making up stories. It feels like he's telling stories from his life, even though they are made up. They're all made up characters. And, yeah. and um, I th- you know, that obviously a lot of it hasn't happened to him, I but think, it feels. Real. I think there's some reality and then he's embellished a lot with, with those songs. He, he has yeah. a song called The Captain and the Kid, which is him on his grandfather's knee. He never missed the opportunity to sit on his grandfather's knee and, and listen to some of the stories he, he would tell and everything. And, and I think Buffett's done that himself. You know, he's always yeah. uh, the storyteller just kind of spinning a, a nice yarn. So my, uh, so I'll do one cover, which you said we didn't want to do. And I put it on my list mostly because of you, because of Tom Petty. If, you, if you've ever heard uh, him do wild, uh, wildflowers, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that or not. Uh, I've heard it. Wildflowers, surprisingly not one of my favorite Tom Petty no, songs. No, but, like but listen to Jim, Jimmy Buffett. It's, it's a live version. And for a while it was only available as a bootleg you can find it. I think I did it for someone's wedding at one point because they love that song. I think I got it off Shazam or what, you know, Napster or something like that and stole it and played it. And they were, they were going crazy because they loved it so much, but now it's readily available on, uh, on one of their live albums. And then um, the last one, which I think is, is appropriate that we, we end on this one, which if you can maybe cue this one up, this would be a good way for us to, I can't, you can't cue it up. Okay. I I mean it would take me. Oh, don't do that. To is, download it. I gotta find it, convert it, download okay. it, upload it. Is defying gravity, which do you yep. know that one? Yep. Um, if there's ever a, a a goodbye Jimmy song, it's defying gravity, and that's if you don't know it, uh, you've probably heard it and don't even know it. Um, I put that in the same category as um, lovely cruise. It's been a lovely cruise and saying goodbye is kind of drift off into the sunset. Defying gravity is like you know I live on a big round ball i'd never dreamed i could fall and even if one day i do i'll smile back and wave to you and stuff it's just it's it's goosebumps material for knowing that he's died and stuff so yeah 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 defying gravity again too emotional doesn't represent what jimmy has always done and i think the songs the songs that we chose tonight also don't really represent but not in a sad way as a whole it's just they 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 don't resent they don't represent him in, in a party way that people might know yeah and he had some, I mean, he had some real party songs. Yep. What's that one about like gypsies in the gypsies palace? In the palace, yep. <laughs> you yep. know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like he had some crazy stuff yep. too. Tin, and, uh, yep. you know, and sometimes chalice, it's yep. fun to just, sometimes it's fun to just put a shark on your head, an inflatable <laughs> shark and just party and drink margaritas and, you know, just have, have fun with it too. You know, as, as much as we dive into the really, the, the deep aspects of oh, yeah, no, we... the storytelling and the emotional sides, like it's still just at the end of the day, it's just fun party yep. music in a lot of, and we cases, would dance so. to the Finns dance and 
and celebrate yeah. when the volcano would explode and sing Margaritaville just along with everyone else too. But uh, we just, yeah. we just so have these think- songs that are deeper in the catalog that we wanted to make sure we could share with folks. So I, I think we've made it pretty clear how important this music has been to our lives and will continue to be. We're yep. going to keep listening to it. Um, I listen to boat drinks every winter when I get <laughs> sick of the snow and I want it to warm up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think uh, if anybody wants to do anything special to celebrate, go to Margaritaville and get a frozen off to see the lizard margarita <laughs> and volcano nachos and you'll be happy right. for the day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think that's it. Um, find us on, on social media. Join the group. Tell us what your favorite Jimmy Buffett song is and why. Start sharing some of that stuff and uh, love to hear from people like the Wilkinsons and some of our other friends that love Jimmy Buffett. So just, you know, we, we want to share some memories with you guys. So you can do that by joining the Facebook group. Just search the name of the podcast and you'll find the group yep. on there. Buy some stuff because it costs us money to, to put this show on and uh, we're not bringing in a lot of money. So <laughs> uh, if you want to support the show, go buy a t-shirt that says stay hydrated, listen to good music, don't be a dick or deep in the cheese or lost in the sauce, all that kind of stuff. It's fun stuff. Um, you can get that at our Teespring store. Link is in the show notes. Follow us wherever you listen. Leave us a rating and review. Check out Pantheon Podcast for more awesome music podcasts. And uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Remember to stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next. Fins up, everybody. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.